0: up to John 14. John 14. Come on, didn't the worship team do a good job this morning? I think you'd uh, respond a little bit better if you went to some other churches and heard their worship team. Then you'd come back and be thankful for what we have here. So we're going to go to John 14 first because that's kind of the key verse we've been using for this series that we've been talking about. So we're going to go to John 14 and read it in a moment. We're going to continue our series on the helper. Everybody say the helper. The helper. Talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in your life, living a spirit-filled life, what it means, what's the purpose of it, what is the whole, who is the Holy Spirit and what does he do. So we're going to continue our series on the helper this morning. Let's read in John 14 and verse 16. This is Jesus speaking, red letter, very important. It says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. And now we're living in those days today where the Holy Spirit's not just with us, he lives in us. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Now let's look over at Romans, Romans 8, Romans 8, and we're going to start in verse 14. Romans 8, we're going to start in verse 14. Like I said, we're continuing our series on the helper. So it says in Romans eight fourteen, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we're children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. But notice it says, That for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is, Can You Hear Me Now? Can You Hear Me Now? Now today we want to talk about how God talks to us. How does the Spirit of God speak to us? Now that is the biggest question on the planet. How do you hear God? So we're going to talk about that today. Is that okay? We're going to talk about how do we hear the voice of God? How do we hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us? Because most people have a lot of questions, and they want God to help them out, which He's their helper, and He wants to help them out, but they have trouble hearing from God. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Can you hear me now? Now, how many AT&T people do we have in the house? The Spirit-filled people, like myself. Okay, how many Verizon people do we have here? T-Mobile. Is T-Mobile and Boost Mobile two different things? What about Cricket? You guys remember Cricket? Do we got a Cricket in the house? You're holding it down for Cricket? Come on, Miss Patsy. Holding it down for Cricket. The only thing about Cricket, you know... They probably have the best prices, but they only work in Louisville and a couple counties in Florida. That's the only reception you get. All the rest of the places, it's, it's questionable. So I have AT&T. I wouldn't say I'm always happy with AT&T. But I do have AT&T, and um, I have trouble a lot of times with my reception. Especially... In that back office. Now, that's where I spend a lot of my time is in that back office. And that's the one place in the entire building that there is absolutely no reception. Even if you get on the Wi-Fi and try to talk to people, there's still hardly any reception. Now, some of you probably remember this commercial. It was a Verizon commercial a while back. Got really popular. But there was this guy. He had glasses. uh, He was kind of a nerdy-looking guy. Not that if you wear glasses, you're nerdy-looking. But this guy was. And so he would walk around, and he would be in different places all over the world, and he'd say, can you hear me now? So he'd move. He'd be in Paris. He'd say, can you hear me now? He'd be in London. He'd say, can you hear me now? He'd be in Australia. He would say, can you hear me now? He would be in New York, and he was talking about your reception because Verizon is, is known. Of course, that's debatable uh, because all the companies say that they're the best company and ha- they have the most coverage. But Verizon was saying, you know, wherever you go, you know, that you got the best reception, the best coverage. Verizon does. And so he would say, can you hear me now? Because he was trying to get in a place of good reception. And so the same thing happens with me in that back room. Even though I have AT&T, it's a struggle. And usually it's when I'm on the phone with my parents and there's frustration on either line. Mom gets mad at me and I get mad at mom. Or I get mad at Dad, and Dad's like, I can't hear you, Jordan. And I'm like, I'm talking. Why can't you hear me? And then then he'll say something. I'll be like, Dad, I can't hear you. He's like, I've been talking for five minutes. You can't hear anything I'm saying. And that whole time, we're getting mad at each other, but we're not the problem. We're not the problem. It wasn't that I wasn't talking. It wasn't that Dad wasn't talking. It wasn't that Mom wasn't talking. We were talking, but we just didn't have any reception. We were talking, but we weren't in a place that we could hear the voices of the person on the other line. It's the same thing with God. The thing is that God is always speaking. He is not a silent God. He is always speaking to us. But the the main problem that we have as human beings is we're not in a place to hear Him. And a lot of people are mad, let's be honest, and frustrated about God not talking to them. God never speaks to me, and I don't know what I should do, and I don't hear the voice of God. But it's not that he's not talking. It's just you're in the wrong place to hear him. You're not in a place that has good reception. In the same way, I can't get frustrated at mom and dad, which I do sometimes, and they get frustrated at me, and then we apologize later to each other. just like... What is the matter with you? No, it's your phone. No, it's your phone. And I especially blame it on my mom because she has a flip phone. So you know it has to be her phone and not my iPhone that's having these issues. But notice, we can't be frustrated at God because we're just in the wrong place. And a lot of times we don't align ourselves in a place that we can hear clearly from God. It's not that he's not talking on the other line. We just are in a place of bad reception. We're not aligning ourselves where God can speak to us. If we're honest here, that's the truth. Because we serve a God that's always speaking. We serve a God who's not silent. It's not that he's not speaking. It's that we're not where we need to be. We're not putting ourselves, notice, in a position to hear the voice of God. You know, it's so easy for me to fix my problem in that back office. It's amazing. Literally, if I walk out that side door and stand by my truck, I have perfect reception. And, and we can hear each other perfectly. But if I stayed in my office and, and just kept complaining about it, I would never hear mom and dad on the other line. I would never have good reception. I have to do something. I have to move. I have to put myself in a position where I can hear their voice. And sometimes it's that easy. It's not like I have to walk down to the field to get reception. I have to literally walk out the door, stand by my truck, and I can hear him fine. And so if we could be honest today, it's not that he's not speaking to us. A lot of times it's that we're not listening. And we're not putting ourselves in a position to hear the voice of God. And so if we want to hear from God, we're going to have to put ourselves in a position where God can speak to us. Can I get amen so far? A lot of people say it's hard to hear from God. Well, first of all, we know better than that. If you say that enough, you'll start believing that, and it will be hard to hear from God. But I know what you're talking about. Sometimes it can be difficult to hear from God. Once again, not that God's not speaking, but one reason could be we're not in the right position. One reason could be we're not listening. One reason we could be, It could be that there's too many voices in our lives, and we can't tell which one is God and which one is not. So I encourage you today, let's take that statement out of our vocabulary. Stop saying it's hard to hear from God or I can't hear from God because that's not helping you at all. Start saying this. If you have trouble hearing from God, say, you know what? Every day when you wake up, say, God, I can hear your voice clearly. and a stranger's voice, I don't follow. Father, I thank you that you speak to me and I can hear it. I'm led by your spirit. Instead of waking up and always being frustrated and say, well, I can't hear God and it's difficult. But I will say this about hearing from the voice of God. It does take practice. And you have to learn to hear from God. Now that's one of the reasons why people don't hear from God is because it takes time. And it takes practice. And you have to learn to hear the voice of God you've learned how to hear other people's voices so it's going to take time to learn to hear the voice of God now we know this even with music and I played music most of my life you have to train your ear to hear the right notes you have to train your ear to hear whether it's out of tune or it's in tune and it doesn't always come naturally You have to practice and you have to make sure that you can hear the right notes. But it's a learned thing. It takes practice to know whether it's in tune or whether it's out of tune. It's the same way with God. It takes practice and you have to learn and develop your ear to hear the voice of God. You still hear this morning? So it's going to take time, and it's going to take practice, and we have to learn, and that's where most people just say forget it, because we want everything instantly. I mean, I know this firsthand, because I am a millennial, and we're used to getting things instantly, fast food instantly, get on your phone, you could order anything on the planet instantly, you can do whatever you need to do instantly you don't have to wait for anything. But God's not like that. I heard Jensen Franklin say this one time, which was pretty funny. He said, a lot of people are trying to serve God, but God is not a microwave. He's a crockpot God. Yeah. means you can't just hit a few buttons in 30 seconds and it's done, and you, just, you have all the answers to your life. No, it's like a crockpot. It's going to take some time. And with God, it's usually going to take some time to learn how to hear the voice of God. It's going to take some time to train your ear to tune out the wrong voices that are out of tune and to train your ear to hear the voices that are in tune with the will of God. It takes time. And so let's not get frustrated just because we're not hitting 100% on when we hear from God. To be honest, I don't hit 100% on when I hear from God. Dr. Jacobs, my dad, who's been in it 40 years, now he does a lot better than he used to, and he's pretty accurate, but still, today, he doesn't hit 100% everything he thinks he hears from God. But it takes time, it takes learning, it takes training your ear to hear the right voice. Now, let's look over at Proverbs 20, 27. You guys still listen this morning. Proverbs 20. So God wants to speak to us, and I know most of us would say, I want to hear God's voice, and I want direction. Well, we have to put ourselves in a position to hear him. We have to align ourselves and train our ear, not just our physical ear, because most of the time God does not speak to your physical ear. You're an audible voice. He usually doesn't speak that way. But I'm talking about training your spiritual ear to hear the voice of God. So, let's look at Proverbs twenty twenty seven. It says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Notice, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Now, we're going to teach for a moment. Is that okay? So, when God speaks to you, He's going to speak to your spirit directly. Now, just a quick background. We know in the Bible, it teaches us this. And a lot of you have been taught this, but just a refresher. The Bible teaches this, that mankind is a three-part being. You have a body, which that's what we can all see. We see your body. You also have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your thoughts, That's your soul. But the real you is a spirit. So we're spirit, soul, and body. But God speaks directly to your spirit, not your body, and not your soul. Now that's where, once again, a lot of times we don't hear God's voice because we're trying to hear God with our body. We're waiting for a feeling. Or a sensation. Now God can give you feelings and sensations. And God's presence come on you. And you feel God in your body. But God doesn't speak to your body. Once again, a lot of people try to hear God in their mind. But God doesn't speak to your mind. God can give you thoughts. They can come up. But we don't contact God with our minds. We can't do it. We contact God and God contacts us by our spirits. And it says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord and he searches all the inner depths of his heart. So we see that you are a spirit and the Bible says that God is a spirit. You are a spirit, but God is a spirit. So... God is going to contact your spirit when he wants to talk to you, not your body and not your mind. Hopefully you're getting some clarity today. Now, the problem is before we get saved, we're spiritually dead and our spirits are dead. So we can't hear the voice of God. But we do know because God is gracious and God is merciful and God, at the end of the day, can do whatever he wants to do. We know that people have heard from God when they weren't saved. So God can do things outside of the normal. We know that our pastor, when he was a drug addict, that God spoke to him and gave him visions. He said he heard an audible voice one time. He said that he felt God. He had thoughts that were all from God, and he wasn't saved. So we know that God can do that, but I'm saying once we get saved, the primary reason or way that God speaks to us is by His Spirit to our spirit. I'm trying to get us out of looking for answers in a place that there's not going to be answers. If we're waiting for God to do something to our bodies to find an answer, majority of the time it's not going to happen. If we're looking in our mind, our will, and our emotions for God to speak to us, it's not going to happen because God is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he speaks to us in our spirits. The thing is, once we get saved... And the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us and makes us alive to God. Now our spirits are alive and the Holy Spirit's there. So now we are able to hear the voice of God. Before you get saved, it's not automatic that you're going to hear from God. There's no guarantee you're going to hear from God because you're spiritually dead. But for those of us who are saved in here, which a lot of you are, you've accepted Jesus into your life. There is no excuse not to hear from God because you're alive to God and God's Holy Spirit dwells in you and He's going to talk to your spirit. Are you still listening this morning? So we're a spirit and God is a spirit and so He's going to communicate to our spirit and not our body, not our minds. That's when people get frustrated and get in trouble when they start trying to run what they think God said through their body and their mind. Because that's not where God talks to you at. He talks to you spirit to spirit. But that's good news for us because once we've received the Holy Spirit into our lives and our spirit comes alive, we are guaranteed that we can hear the voice of God now because we're alive to God. It's not something that, yes, some people hear God and some people don't. No, that's not the case if we are saved and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us and we're alive to God, which He made us alive to Him, we have the right and the privilege to hear the voice of God. You know, we have the potential, an underlying potential when I say that, to never make another mistake the rest of our lives. Do you know that? There's so many defeated, weak, feeble Christians who act like they can't help it and they can't make right decisions and they can't make right choices. No, you have the potential. Are you hearing me this morning? To never make another mistake the rest of your life. You know why you have that potential? Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and he can help you and lead you and speak to you about everything you're going through so you never make another mistake because you're hearing from him. And you're not by yourself just trying to make your decisions. So we have the potential. Not many people do that. Not many people do that. But you have the potential to never make another mistake the rest of your life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit about every choice and decision you're about to make. Now, what's the issue? We're not listening. Or we're not putting ourselves in a position to listen to the voice of God. You know that every time you have got in trouble, you can be honest with yourself. You weren't listening to the Spirit of God. Or we could say this, every time you made a dumb decision and you got into trouble and later on you look back at it, you realize I didn't put myself in a position to hear the voice of God before I did that. Some of you even know that God was speaking to you ahead of time. You go, you know, I I knew I shouldn't have went there. How'd you know that? I knew I shouldn't have said that. How did you know that? The Holy Spirit was trying to talk to your spirit. That's not what you should say. That's not where you should go. That's not what you should do. Now, how do we know that? You've heard tons of people say that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. Now, how'd you know that? The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. But we have to let him lead us. And we have to put ourselves in a position to hear the voice of God. Let's look over at Romans 8 and verse 14. So the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us and he's going to talk to, notice, not our minds and not our bodies. He's going to talk to our spirits because that's the real us. That's the real you. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. But the real you is a spirit. So God's going to talk to the real you, which is your spirit. So we're going to read in Romans 8 and verse 14 in a moment. But I found out that um, in John 14 and 16, we're not going to turn back there, but in the Message Bible, if you have it sometime, you should read it. It refers to the Holy Spirit as the friend. Instead of, instead of saying the helper when he comes or the comforter, it says when the friend comes. When the friend comes. Now, here's something that sometimes we've neglected with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to be all those things that we shared last week to you. But more importantly, he wants to be your friend. And we know this, that if you're not in relationship with somebody, then the communication is not going to be too good. Especially when you're trying to hear from Him. Because we're talking about hearing from God. If there's no relationship, we know there's not a lot of communication going on. So that's why the priority should be that we have a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Because that helps the communication with us in the Holy Spirit. That we can hear His voice clearly. If we have no relationship with the Holy Spirit as a friend, we're probably not going to hear from God that clearly. Because we know communication comes from a relationship. If you have no relationship with somebody, you're not talking to them and they're not talking to you. So think about this. We need to see the Holy Spirit, yes, as our helper, yes, as our comforter, yes, as our encourager, our intercessor, all those things we shared last week. But more than that, He is our friend. And the Holy Spirit, yes, He is God. Completely God. But we need to stop... Acting like he's God in a way that he's distant because he lives on the inside of us. Yes, he is God and we honor him and we worship him, but at the same time, he wants to be our friend and he wants to be close to us and intimate with us because he lives on the inside of us. And to be honest, the Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. Closer to you than your husband or wife. Closer to you than your your friends. Closer to you than your parents or your grandparents or your pastors or anybody that's important in your life. The Holy Spirit, who is God, wants to be your best friend. You should feel privileged that the Spirit of God wants to be your best friend. And it's amazing because He's God. He can be everybody's best friend at the same time. It says in Proverbs that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and I believe that's about the Holy Spirit. There is a friend that sticks closer than your natural family. There is a friend that sticks closer than your husband or wife. There is a friend that sticks closer to you than, than just a natural friend or a covenant friend, somebody you love. There is a friend that sticks closer to you than your parents, and that is the Holy Spirit of God that will never leave you nor forsake you. And everywhere you go, The Holy Spirit is with you and He wants to be your best friend. You realize if we developed a real friendship with the Holy Spirit, hearing from Him would not be hard. Why? Because a relationship has everything to do with communication. If there's no relationship, there's probably not a lot of communication. It's hit or miss whether you're hearing from God or not. But if we pursue. Notice you have to pursue. The Holy Spirit already wants to be your friend. But if you pursue the Holy Spirit to be that close to you, you'll be amazed at how much clearer you can hear the voice of God. That you can talk to him about everything. On your way to work, in the shower, at the gym, at your job, at school. The Holy Spirit never leaves you. He lives on the inside of you and he wants to be our friend. Now, I know when I say that, that sounds like Christian bumper sticker, Christian bookstore, not our bookstore, other bookstores, (laughs) but cheesy Christianity. Jesus wants to be your best friend. (laughs) So, I'm not saying it in that kind of way, but it's still true nonetheless, The Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend in a real way, not a corny Christian way, in an intimate way, in a relationship with you. Now, the reason why when I talk like this, people feel a little bit weird is because it's awkward because you haven't had a relationship with him like that. Where you at this morning? Isn't that the truth? When you say stuff like that in church, people get a little bit. I don't know about that. I'm good with him being God, but my best friend, that's a little different. Now, it's the same way with our natural relationships. When you don't know somebody, it's awkward. You feel uncomfortable. And let's be honest, it's the same way a lot of times when we talk to the Holy Spirit. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward because we haven't developed a relationship with him. Because he's not just an it or a force. He's a person. And he wants to be your best friend. In a real way. And so let me challenge you with this. Before we go to the rest of our message. Let me challenge you with this. Pursue a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Pursue a better relationship with the Holy Spirit. Go past the uncomfortable feelings and the awkward feelings. Because maybe you haven't talked to God in a long time. And of course it's awkward when you haven't talked to him in a long time. But go past your feelings and go past the awkward stage. Just like every other relationship, if you don't talk to somebody, you'll never get past that uncomfortable, awkward, I don't know you stage. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to push past your feelings of this is awkward. I feel uncomfortable. Am I talking to myself in my car right now? You're going to have to go past that to really get a real friendship with the Holy Spirit of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Because that's what he wants from you. And if you want to hear from God, and if you want to hear his voice clearly, you're going to have to have a relationship with him. Because we know that communication comes out of a true relationship. So let me challenge you with that before we read this verse. He wants a friendship. He wants a relationship. And if you want to hear his voice clearly, it has to start there. Now, we're going to give you some practical things in the moment about hearing from God. But if the foundation is not there, you're not going to hear him. If the relationship's not there, you're not going to hear him. If these things that I'm talking about, a real genuine friendship with God is not there, you're not going to hear his voice clearly, no matter what kind of ABC, one, two, three steps you do. Because he's a real person. God's not an ATM. He's a real person. Come on now, somebody. It's not, I just type in the code, and then he gives me what I want, and then I leave. No, God is a person. And you should love that, that you're not talking to a robot, an ATM. You're talking to a real person. And he wants to talk back. And he wants to speak to us. And God wants to be our friend. He wants to be the best friend we have. But we have to pursue that relationship. Get over the awkwardness. Get over the uncomfortableness. And push through to a real relationship with Him. Romans 8, verse 14. Now that was free. That was all free. Might have to take up an extra offering at the end for that. It was all free this morning. 8 14. Romans 8:14 it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself, notice that's the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. Now, why is it our spirit? Because he talks to your spirit, not your mind, not your body. When God wants to talk to you, he's got to talk to your spirit. That we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. So, We, as children of God, have the privilege to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, how does he lead you? He leads you by speaking to you. He leads you by speaking to you. He doesn't come up and physically grab your hand and lead you. How does the Holy Spirit lead you? He leads you by speaking to you, and I'm going to tell you how he speaks to you. We need to put these two things together in our minds because sometimes spirit-filled people haven't thought this way about it. A spirit-filled life is a spirit-led life. Once again, a lot of people will feel like, well, I'm spirit-filled. And when you say spirit-filled, that means, in their head, it just means supernatural events, miracles, signs and wonders, praying in tongues. That's it, in their head which those are a part of the Spirit-filled life, but that's not everything in the Spirit-filled life. We told you about a lot of other things that the Holy Spirit gives you. Power, love, sound mind. That's the Spirit-filled life too. So we need to put two and two together here that if we say that we're Spirit-filled people and we go to a Spirit-filled church, then we're going to be a Spirit-led person. I go back to one of the first messages I taught on about, about the Holy Spirit and being spirit filled. A lot of times the people that have been the most wild. The most crazy. The most animated. Have not been spirit led people. Yeah. You still hear? Yeah. Meaning they were wild. They had goosebumps. They fell out. They spoke in tongues. But they never listened to the voice of God in their everyday life. So what's the point? There is none. It shouldn't be in our minds that it's either one or the other. No, if we're really a spirit led person and we really believe in the supernatural power of God and we believe in praying in the spirit and we believe in miracles and we believe in deliverance and we believe in the spirit filled life, then we will be spirit led people, meaning that we're not going to just act wild in church, but then make our own decisions Monday through Saturday. We're going to listen to the Spirit of God Monday through Saturday, notice, and obey what he has to say Monday through Saturday. It's not just I'm Spirit-led because I got goosebumps. No, it's obedience to what the Spirit wants to lead you into. You still here this morning? I know you're quiet because you're listening, right? You're listening. That's the only reason you're quiet, because you would be shouting. So the Spirit-filled life should be a Spirit-led life. If He's on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit has filled you up, then you should be led by the Spirit. And you should be able to hear God's voice clearly. Before we talk about these three things, I want to say that when we allow God to lead us, God will always lead us and never push us. If we feel like we're being pushed into things, that's the enemy, not God. If we feel fear instead of peace, that's not the Holy Spirit leading us. That's the enemy. We need to know the difference. Okay, you ready for this? I can tell you guys are super excited this morning. You just blow me over with your excitement right now. I know you're thinking. So, there's three ways I wrote down, and we can't—we know we can't put God in a box. These are not the only three ways that God can speak to you, but these are the three primary ways that God speaks to you. So, the first one is, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Number one, the Word of God. God will speak to you By his word. The number one way God will speak to you. Is by the word of God. Which is your Bible. That is sitting on your lap. Or on your phone. That is the number way that God will speak to us. We see that God. Has given us the word of God. To speak to us. Ongoingly. The Bible is not just written for those who lived thousands of years ago. The Bible was written for all time for anyone who would come to God because the words that are in this book are not just human, they're divine. Now, we know that the Bible was written by men. Men wrote it down. But it says in 1st and 2nd Peter, this is what it says, back to the Holy Spirit. It says that these men of God wrote the Bible down as the Holy Spirit led them on what to write. That's why the Bible is not just a human book, it's a divine book. It's not just natural, it's supernatural. That's why a book that was written thousands of years ago can still talk to you today in 2016, because it's not just natural, it's supernatural. It's not just human, it's divine. And the Spirit of God who helped these men of God write the book is the same Spirit of God living on the inside of you. That when you read it, He will make those same words come alive that He inspired men of God to write thousands of years ago. Come on now, somebody. We're preaching in the house of God. And so the number one way God will speak to you is by His Word. He will speak to you by His Word because the Word of God, it says, is living and active. It's not a dead book. It's not just an old dusty book that some religious person wrote. It is a living and active book because the Holy Spirit has made these words come alive. It says that the Word of God is God-breathed. And we know that another word for breath in the original language is spirit The Word of God is God-breathed, or the Spirit of God breathing out these words, so there is divine power on every word mentioned in the Bible. So the Word of God is not a book that is once speaking. It is a book that is now speaking. This is not just a book that helped people that lived hundreds and thousands of years ago. This is a book that is still alive and full of power today. And is a book that is now speaking. Not that God once spoke and he stopped. No, the Bible is that God is now speaking. That's why a lot of people live in a dry dead religion. And they say that they're Christians because they believe that God once spoke, but the truth is, yes, He once spoke, but He is a God that's now speaking. And He wants to speak to us today. And the same Spirit of God that helped these men of God write the Bible is the same Spirit of God who can make these words come alive when you read it. So God speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through the Bible, implying if you don't read your Bible, you're not going to hear from God. Is that a little too honest on Sunday morning? But that's the truth. You know what? We can't complain that God's not speaking to us if we have our Bible sitting on our coffee table with it closed. Can we be honest this morning? A lot of us are are like this. We're in our house especially Western Christians, because we have about 40 of these in our house, every translation, you have a hundred different translations just on your phone. And we're walking around our house worried, concerned, God speak to me, God hear me, God pay attention to me, and God's word is on our table like this, sitting. You can't hear from God with a closed Bible. I have a guaranteed way that you can hear from God every day. Open your Bible and read it. You want to hear from God every day? Open your Bible and read it. Is that too simple? But that's the truth. You want to hear God's voice every day? Open the Bible and read it. Because that is God speaking to you every day. That's a guaranteed way that you can hear God's voice every day of your life. Is that you open the word of God and read it. And when you read it, don't just read it to do it. Read it because the Holy Spirit wants to make it come alive. And I don't know about you. You've been there, and I've been there also. When you're reading the Bible, and sometimes you're in the most random place known to man in your Bible, and a scripture will jump off the page at you, and you will say, why in the world does this scripture mean something to me today? And I've read it 50 times. What is that? That is God speaking to you. Today, using the word of God that he inspired to be written. And so when that happens, don't take it for granted because that is God speaking to you. And the primary way he speaks to you is through the word. Through this Bible that men and women of God died for. Let me talk real honest for a moment. That men and women of God died for. That translators of the Bible got burned at the stake to give you this Bible in the United States, and we just drop it on our counter like this and don't pick it up to next Sunday. And men and women of God died for this thing and didn't die nicely, were tortured and died because why did they die? Because they realized the power. Of the word of God. That this is a living book. And that you might be able to stop a person. I'm preaching this morning. But you can't stop the word of God. That's why there is nations today. That don't want this book in there. Because it's powerful. Because it's God's word. And they know that if people in their country. Got a hold of this book. Their country would change. And they would have no more authority over their own country. Because the word of God will make people free. The Word of God will set people apart. The Word of God will make you holy. The Word of God has power in it to change your life. Why are communist countries afraid of this book? It's just a book. It's not just a book. It's God speaking. And they're afraid of God's Word. Why? Because it's powerful. Can I challenge you? American Christians, Western Christians... Let's show that same kind of reverence for the the word of God. Let's show that same kind of honor that people in other countries that don't even have the Bible, they honor this thing. We treat it so flippantly because we have a hundred versions of it on our phone. I'm not condemning anyone today, but I'm challenging you. I saw a video recently, and some of you have seen it before. People in China, in the underground church, who can't have this book or they get killed. People in China, some of these people will not get a whole Bible, they will get pages of the Bible to read sent to them. And I saw a video of people in China in the underground church opening a box with not a full Bible, literally pages of the Bible, and these believers are crying and weeping and cherishing this, and it's only a couple pages because they realize the power of the Word of God. Can I challenge you that maybe we have forgot about how powerful this book really is? Maybe we forgot sometime about that God is speaking to us and what privilege we have in this country. We can read it whenever we want, wherever we want. We have hundreds of translations to help us understand it. Some people in other countries only have a couple pages, but believe every word of it. Let's not take the word of God for granted. Woo. Hopefully you're listening today. So the number one way he's going to speak to us is the word of God. So we can't have a closed Bible and expect to hear from God. It's not going to happen. You want a guaranteed way? Every, every day, open your Bible. Read. Read it out loud if you need to. You want to hear God speaking to you? Read it. Every day. You want to hear his voice every day? Read the word of God. We can't complain that we don't hear the voice of God when we're not opening the word of God and listening to it. Letting the spirit of God speak to us. So let me challenge you with that. The number one way God's going to speak to you is through the word of God. Is this holy Bible that you have. Because it's not just a human book, it's a divine book. And the Spirit of God wants to breathe on this book the same way he breathed on the men who wrote it in the first place. And he wants to speak to us. Trust me, you're going to have those moments that you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it. Don't stop. You're going to have moments where you feel like, why in the world am I reading this verse? What does this have to do with my life? But like I told you last week, when you need it the most, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. Bring it back to your remembrance. Oh, yeah, I remember that verse. I didn't need it two weeks ago, but I need it today. And since I read it, the Spirit of God reminded me of what I needed. And there's going to be times when you read it and the words jump off the page. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Amen. Amen. Let's look back over at Romans 8 and verse 16. And you got me excited about the Bible. Romans 8 and verse 16. Let me say this also when it pertains to the Bible. The privilege that we have in this country, there are so many translations. You can find one that you understand. You know, I deal with young people quite a bit. And a lot of times they'll say about the Bible, I don't get it. And I say, I don't get it either. If you're reading it out of the King James Version, you're probably not going to get it. But there's so many other good translations that you can read that are. Would make it so much more understandable for you. So I challenge you, if you don't like King James Version, nobody said you had to use it. There's so many good Bible translations you can get and you can understand. So let me challenge you with that, that don't just stop there just because you don't get one translation. Get you a New Living Translation or an NIV or a Message Bible. Something you can understand. So, number two. He's going to lead you by the Word of God, but He's going to lead you by the inward witness. Romans 8 and verse 16. Romans 8, and verse 16, it says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So God is going to lead us by the inward witness. Now, what is the inward witness? Well, He says right here, the Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit, will bear witness, or we could say He confirms to us that something's right, by the Spirit of God that we are the children of God. Let me ask you something right now. How many in here you know are saved and you're children of God? Raise your hand. Who told you that? Who told you that? When I said that, I didn't make you raise your hand. You raised your hand by yourself. When I said, how many of you know that you're children of God, what happened? The M-word witness said Yes. You had peace when I said that. So that's why you raised your hand. If you felt uncomfortable when I said that, you didn't raise your hand. Why? Because the Spirit didn't bear witness with you. You were just led by the Spirit right there. Congratulations. So when I say you're children of God, we all know when people say that and you're saved, what happens? Internally, the inward witness says yes to that and you agree. Because that is the Spirit of God confirming what's right in your life. Now, he's going to do that by one thing, the peace of God. Now, let's look over at Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Now, stay with me here. We're almost done. Colossians 3. So, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us or speak to us by the inward witness. That means the Spirit of God is going to confirm things in our life by the inward witness. Now, what is the inward witness? I would say it is the peace of God. Colossians 3 in verse 15 it says, "And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful." Notice it says, "Let the peace of God rule in your hearts," or let the peace of God make the decisions. In your life. And the amplified it says. Let the peace of God be umpire. Now what does an umpire do? The umpire says. It's either in. Or it's out. Or then they do that one thing. Here right. (laughs) It's not strike. You don't say strike. You say here right. When somebody gets a strike. So what does an umpire do? It says either you're in. Or you're out. And it says, let the peace of God or the inward witness be your umpire in your decisions. Let that peace of God rule you whether what you're thinking is in or out of the will of God. The peace of God should rule you. Now, we all know that there are things that happen in our lives And we know what the peace of God is and what it's not. We know when we have peace about a situation and when we don't. When we do, that is the Holy Spirit trying to lead us by the inward witness. When you decide you're going to take a new job and you feel peace about it, that is the Holy Spirit leading you and speaking to you. Let's just say you were going to take a new job and you felt fearful about it. You felt anxious about it. You felt grieving because it says you can grieve the Spirit of God. That means the Spirit of God is trying to tell you you're out. You're out. So we need to follow the inward witness. The inward witness is peace. If you don't have peace about a situation, don't do it. If you don't have peace about a person in your life, separate from them. If you don't have peace about a career, get a different career. If you don't have peace about your future, figure it out. Be led by the peace of God. So, He's going to lead you by the inward witness. You're going to have peace when it's in, and you're going to have fear when it's out. You're going to have this feeling of being settled and being on the right track when it's in. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be grieved on the inside when it's out. Follow that. Because that's not just you. That's the Holy Spirit trying to lead you. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying this morning? I'm trying to bring some clarity to this teaching. So he wants to lead you by the inward witness. And he's going to lead you by the peace of God. If you don't have peace, don't do it. If you feel grieved... Don't do it. Listen about the peace of God. I know in my life, so many times, I've done plenty of dumb things in my life. Nobody say amen in here. (laughs) I know every time that I did something dumb or went somewhere I shouldn't have. I know every time I felt grieved about it before I went. Every time. Now, what was that? Now, there was an element of the fear of God of my parents in the back of my head, mainly my dad. That was in there, too. So there wasn't completely spiritual reasons. It was like, if I go here, and if I come back smelling like this, and if I walk through that door, he's going to smell that all the way upstairs, and I'm going to get killed. I'm literally going to get killed. Okay. So it was partially spiritual, partially fear of God, partially fear of my father all helping me make decisions but even with all that i still didn't make the right decision all the time but if we could be honest in here every time you did something you shouldn't have done went somewhere you shouldn't have went to you felt that uneasy grieved feeling on the inside before you did it now what is that that is god speaking to you some so many times we overlook that that's not just superstition It's the Spirit of God speaking to you. But in the same way, I know when I've made right decisions or went to the right places and done the right things, the peace of God has been there to confirm that by the inward witness. I wrote this down. It's better to wait and know than guess and go. You didn't know I was going to freestyle this morning, but I just did. (laughs) It's better to wait and know than guess and go. So many people, because they don't have peace on something, they are so (laughs) excited, so bent on doing something that they don't wait. And instead of waiting and knowing this is God, they guess or wing it, like I've done many times before, And just go ahead and do it. And majority of the time, they get in trouble. Why? Because they weren't listening to the voice of God by the inward witness. Last one. The inward voice. The inward voice. Let's look at Isaiah 50. So God's going to talk to you by the word of God. He's going to talk to you by the inward witness, which is the peace of God. But then he's also going to talk to you by the inward voice. Isaiah 50. Now, all of us in here would say, why doesn't God... Just yell at us with a megaphone. (laughs) It would be so much easier. Why doesn't God just write in the clouds, you should do this? Why doesn't God just put what he wants us to do on a billboard so we can see it? He's God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And I know a lot of us, including myself, is God, why don't you do that? Then it would be so much easier to hear from you but if he did that, it would require no faith. That's why he doesn't do it. Now, like I said, there are cases and times that something dramatic happens like that. But majority of time, he's not going to do that because it requires no faith. But it does require faith to listen to the inward witness. It does require faith to listen to the inward voice. It does require faith to get into the word of God and hear him speak. So he wants us to trust him and use our faith. Like I said, it would be easier if he did that, but it would require no faith from us. On the same line of thought, a lot of us miss God speaking to us, Because we're looking for the spectacular, not the supernatural. You're waiting on a sign in the clouds. You're waiting on God speaking to you with a megaphone. You're waiting on something like this to happen. And a lot of times we're waiting on the spectacular, which a lot of times will never come. But we're missing the supernatural to hear from God. You ever used to do this? Okay, you know, I've been a baller for a long time in my life. God does not speak to you through basketball. Because, you know, playing basketball, can be like, if I hit these two shots, then I should go to college here. If I hit these two shots, then I should go get ice cream. God doesn't speak to you that way. Some of you are praying prayers. If I see a red car today, I know it's your will that I go in the ministry. Listen, the devil might bring 50 red cars by you. I don't know. But we can't judge it based off the spectacular because God usually doesn't speak to us in the spectacular. He speaks to the supernatural. Because it requires faith. So Isaiah 50, in verse 4, says this. Isaiah 50 and verse 4, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Now listen to this part. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Verse 5, the Lord God has opened my ear. Now he's not talking about your natural ear. He's talking about your spiritual ear. And I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I say this would be a good verse to stand off for hearing the voice of God. It says, He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear. I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. So he's going to talk to you by the word of God, by the inward witness, and by the inner voice. Now, that voice is described, we're not going to turn there, in 1 Kings. In 1 Kings, it talks about looking for God. And it said some. he looked for God in the earthquake, he looked for God in the fire, he looked for God in the flood. And God didn't speak through that. And it says that God spoke through a still, small voice. A still, small voice. God's going to speak to you in a still, small voice. Meaning, we're going to have to position ourselves in a place that is quiet enough to hear a still, small voice. A lot of us want to hear God with our iPhone on blast, the TV on, the internet playing Netflix, people screaming, cooking food, and we say, God, I want to hear you. You're not. You're not. Because you can't hear a still small voice in all that. Just to be honest with you, you're not going to hear it. We have to put ourselves in a position to hear a still small voice. That means we're going to have to get quiet before God to hear a still small voice. He's not going to shout at us. He's not going to yell at us. God will speak to you in a still small voice. There was a time in my life, summer camp circa 19, I don't know, long time ago. Summer camp in Texas. Many years ago, I was a middle schooler, probably rocking some braces, probably rocking a butt cut at the time also. I'm sorry, I said butt cut on a Sunday morning. I apologize to that. That's what it was. Anybody remember that haircut? Just parted, but like, not like flowing butt cut, but gelled down. Super, super gelled. So, that was my life right about then, mid-middle school. And I remember going to Discovery Camp in Texas. That's where we used to go to camp. And one night, I heard not a shout. But I heard a still small voice. And the still small voice said, Notice it was in a time of worship. It was in a time that it was quiet where I could hear the voice of God. And the voice said, You're going to be a pastor. That's all it said. Now, that was God speaking to me by a still small voice. And that's a lot of times the way that God will speak to you. He might not even give you a paragraph, He could just give you a sentence hey, you need to go do this today. Is that it? That's it. Let's not overlook those leadings. Let's not overlook those promptings because that is the way that God speaks to us. I know after that, uh, our youth minister that used to be here, Mike molnan he was there. And he was the closest thing to dad that I had there. So I remember I was just <laughs> summer camp. You know, you're exhausted. You're anointed you're sleep deprived you're on Red Bull there's a lot of things going on so yes you're hearing from God but also you're a little emotionally unstable at the same time at summer camp by the end of it so I remember I went up to Mike Molen and I found him in the crowd and there's like thousands of people there and I gave him this big old bear hug and I said God said I'm going to be a pastor And I just started bawling like a baby. And no joke, I literally cried for an hour on his polo. So there was tears and snot all over that precious man's polo. But hey, he hugged me for like an hour, and he let me give him a a good bear hug. Like I said, he was the closest thing that I had to dad there. He said, I'm going to be a pastor. And he's like, okay, you're okay, you're all right. Uh, (laughs) And so he just stood there with me for like an hour snotting and crying and everything else. But notice, what am I doing today? That was a still, small voice. That wasn't pizza. That wasn't Red Bull at the moment. That was God speaking to me. Because that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm being a pastor or trying to be a pastor this morning. And so... That still small voice, that one sentence that was in middle school, I'm still thinking about it today and walking in it. That was the voice of God. And if I was still waiting for a sign from God in the heavens or a billboard to say I'm a pastor, I wouldn't be a pastor today because I haven't seen that yet. But what did I do? I experienced the still small voice. So God wants to speak to you. And he's going to speak to you through his word, through the inward witness, which is the peace of God. He's also going to speak to you through the inward voice. And as we close here, like I said at the beginning of this message, all three of those things take time and they take practice. They take learning and training your ear to hear the voice of God. Like it says in Isaiah 50, we just read it, he says, He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Could it take some learning to hear the voice of God? And the Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Did you get anything this morning? Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to me. I know it was a little bit different message than normal, but I really felt like I wanted to teach these things this morning to help us all out. I know I need help hearing the voice of God. So...